I'm very excited today. I have the writer Tara Van Dusen here to speak with us. Um, I got to know her through a, a lot of events here where I live in the Pacific Northwest. And I'd like her to talk a little bit more about herself and, and what she does and what she creates. So thanks, Tara. Thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. I'm happy to be here with you. And like Jen said, my name is Tara Van Dusen. I am a writer. I write personal essays. I write poetry. And I've been writing a memoir for um, over 10 years now, since I was in college. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I live in Walton, Oregon. So that is just about a 15-minute drive from where Jen lives in Benita. I write for our local newspaper. And I work for a nonprofit that works to reduce child abuse and neglect in Lane County. And I'm also a mother. So, Jen, you may hear Autumn in the background. Um, I've kept her home today because we've had a little trip. How old is Autumn? She's right there. Yeah, she's a year and a half old. Wow, I can't believe she's that old. Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> so, so is your current project, are you currently working on your memoir? Yep, I sure am. Um, I actually just published or am, it's just up, coming up the pipeline of a book of essays that Groundwater's publishing, mm -hmm. which you're very familiar with, helped mm -hmm. me um, get into print. And so we've just finalized that actually as of yesterday. And so that's a book called Earthside and Ever Other Everyday Miracles. And it's a collection of personal essays. So it's a lot like memoir, but um, mm -hmm. it's not my big project. You know, it was one that was easier to put out into the world. Um, the memoir, I have big hopes of, you know, not self-publishing that one, but I am working on it. I'm always working on it. And my goal is to publish, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, um, pitch the memoir at the Willamette Writers Conference in August. So you may have heard of the Willamette oh. Writers Conference before. I've been before. I have not. But I hear that there's a segment of the workshop where you can pitch your memoir to agents and publishers. Yes. So I plan oh, to. Oh, it's attend, wonderful. Uh, to do that, of course, to gain other knowledge as well. But that gives me a nice, clear mm -hmm. deadline for having my third draft of the memoir. Yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, it's nice. I, I really like, I've been to. Oh, what's it called? Please go ahead. Um, it's called The Poetry of Place. Ooh. Do you have an, a particular agent in mind that you're going to pitch it to, or are you doing the group pitch? What are, what are your plans for the, for the Willamette writers? Yeah. yeah um, I, I, that's a good question. 
I didn't know there was a one-on-one pitch. Envision doing the group pitch that I've read about. But um, mm-hmm. look into the one-on-one as well. And I don't have an agent, of course, in mind. I don't know much about that. But I do have a small publishing house in Portland that that I have in mind. Um, and that's called Hawthorne Books. And they've just published other books that I feel like are in the vein of what I'm going for as far as the memoir. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's always, so, it's always yeah. good to have a good idea of, of who to go to, for sure. Right. Tell me what, what your experience was quickly, if you don't mind, uh, Willamette Writers Conference. Oh, um, I've been to several other kinds of conferences, different. I've, I've presented at conferences um, and I've attended them. I got my first, uh, I had an agent for a while. I uh, went to the Maui Writers Conference many moons ago. And it was awesome. It was amazing. It was, uh, it was the first kind of event like that that I'd ever been to. And it was kind of overwhelming. But I was not in the right place. I, I, I got the agent, but I couldn't follow wow. through. So I, it was a mistake, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was my mistake. So, so it was, it was a learning soon. mistake. It was, it was too soon. Yeah. It was. It was too it was. soon. I was for very your excited project. about my project, but mm-hmm. it was. I was well. I wasn't finished with my project, and I was. I was a young writer, and I was a inexperienced writer, and I had a lot of mm-hmm. um, great ideas, but uh, unfortunately, I didn't finish it. And you know, I think it was the wrong project at the wrong time. So it was a fabulous mm-hmm. learning experience. I mean, I had. Right. I helped get my first book done that way, and. But it was, it, it taught me a lot. It wasn't, it wasn't without its value, but I think mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to follow the rules and I didn't know, I didn't know as much as I know mm-hmm. now that if you want to have success in that arena, you're doing just the right thing. You have your project done. You have the third draft of it. You don't just go and pitch on an idea. I mean, those days might right. have been here once, That's a lot but they're of pressure. not here now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Right. That would be a lot of pressure. Right. In fact, through the years, the last five or six years, I've had writers saying, oh, you should pitch your memoir at the Willamette Writers Conference. And I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off till now because my book wasn't nearly where it needed to be. And I knew that. So um, I'm happy to say I've hired had a professional editor edit the whole thing. Actually, mm-hmm. the co-editor um, mm-hmm. at Hawthorne Books took my project and edited the whole thing. So that's a step in the right direction, but I will admit my ending is kind of flagging. It's um, not where I need it to be. So I'm not a hundred percent in the clear yet. I've got a lot of work to do before August. Um, well, so that's great though. That you, you know, you know that more what strengths you have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And and knowing what I'm you need to ask for help with. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good goal. It's good to have a, a timeline. But thank you for asking about that, and thank you for sharing your experience about the Maui Writers Conference. I'm curious oh, if it you was decided pretty fun. to pitch. Mm-hmm. Did you go back to a conference to pitch books when you were more ready, or take a different route? 
Well, I've, uh, I have, as you know, um, and I guess I haven't shared this with a lot of my listeners. I'm one of the co-owners of a very small publishing house and we publish other people's books as well as, uh, Groundwater's, um, we used to be a magazine for 10 years. We had a quarterly magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, so, sure. So I, I tried to, I really wanted to, I wanted to learn by doing a little bit more. So I, mm-hmm. um, I wrote for lots of small things. I wrote, I wrote for many short story anthologies and poetry anthologies and and I was just trying, I wanted to learn more before I pitched more. I haven't actually started pitching. I, again, that's one of my goals for the next year, actually, um, to decide whether or not oh, I want to cool. go the agent route again. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, 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 You've done I might a wonderful job through Groundwaters. Your books are very professional, very quality. Um, I just didn't know um, if you just done Groundwaters or if you you know, had tried to publish in a less, uh, I'm sorry, more traditional, I guess, way, or, you know. um, Yes, actually, um, I've only, I think I've only, Mm-hmm. I've only actually published one, maybe, maybe two books through Groundwaters. Everything else of mine is through different professional publishing houses, just because I kind of didn't feel like I was qualified to do my own. <laughs> I was, I was too close uh-huh. to it. You know what I mean? So, um, okay. So I, I, I think they're all valid, obviously, and, and as, as you do. And, um, but I think it's interesting to, to do different, different kinds of things. I feel like I'm a better writer because like you writing for newspapers, writing for magazines, like doing all the writing helps you make a, make you a a much better communicator doing all different kinds of things. Uh And different projects would be suitable for different outlets, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 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 So, um, speaking of different projects, um, can you talk about a time in your life when you felt that you were resilient? Do you, it, it sounds like you you wrote, you wrote your memoir, right? So you, you have got a lot of life lessons to learn from. Yes. Yes, Jen. Thank you. Um, the premise of my memoir is my life as a single um, child with a single father. And uh-huh. my father he suffered a traumatic brain injury when he was eight years old. So when I heard your first part of the resilient podcast, one of the first episodes that you did, you talked about your traumatic brain injury that you suffered right here on highway 126 when you were a teenager, which I had never heard you share that story before. And it was like, wait, Jen, Jen too, like she might know something about this mysterious thing that I've been sort of dealing with my whole life, not in a negative way, but um, it right, right. was such a mystery, my dad's traumatic brain injury, and it's something that the family still has repercussions from, or not repercussions, but it's something that's still challenging mm-hmm. for me now, and in my memoir, I really work through it. Um, mm. you know, your choices are going to be a lot different, but for my dad, and, and this ties into me being resilient because I was, again, he was my single father and he was a young father. 
and he had a traumatic mm. brain injury when he was eight years old, which sort of put him back eight years developmentally and physically and everything. You know, it's like he had to start over again at eight years old. I think you wow. said something similar when you, um, when you told your story. And so therefore when my dad has me at age 22, maybe he's more like a teenager in his mind and body, you know, for him personally, mm-hmm. again, not that your experiences are wow. the same. Um, but sitting here, oh, I have yeah. my dad's newspaper article from when he was an eight year old boy and they're calling him miracle boy. He suffered a drowning incident that kept him in a coma for a month. And so something I say in the memoirs, oh my, goodness. my father of the coma, he had to learn to walk again. He learned, had to learn to talk again. He had to, had to learn to read again, but somehow he still knew how to swim. <laughs> so I may be using oh, a little that's bit amazing. of there, you know, but he did learn all those things over again. And he came wow. out of it. Um, the speech impediment that very much set us apart uh-huh. in our community. I never have known anyone who talks like my dad. And so he and I just, we oh, kind of traveled through this life together, growing up together, you know, with this very mysterious yeah. injury that basically yeah. he had no guidance on. Uh-huh. He had no one telling him wow. what to expect. How to recover you know there was very little support there's still very little support and so um part of my resilience i guess is taking that those challenges and working through them in writing and learning to be an understanding daughter and supportive of a man who functions a lot differently in this world than anyone i know he's very spiritual mm, wow. um, after experience Mm -hmm. so the book is really a father-daughter memoir um where i try to make sense of this thing that happened to him for him and for myself oh that's so interesting that's so interesting so what um, (laughs) it's different what kinds of thing it is um i i think that as family members of, of people who have brain injuries or any kind of a trauma or any kind of a, um, a chronic illness also, family members have a very specific set of things that they develop in response to that. And I see that in my children too, as well as, as my husband. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I really feel that you're taught, you're taught a lot more empathy. It's, an, it's not a, mm-hmm. a lesson anyone wants to learn. <laughs> of course, but it, uh-huh. it's incredible how empathic and sensitive to other people's needs you can be when you grow up with someone who has those kinds of challenges. Yes. So um, yeah, in your I... life now, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I do feel that my father gave me the gift of like compassion you know, um, he is a very compassionate, very sensitive, very spiritual person. I don't think he would have been necessarily the same person had he not had his accident, as we call it in the family, you know, accident or incident. You know, I think he mm-hmm. 
would have grown up to be a lot like, you know, your average man and father. And he was not. Right. He was very, mm-hmm. very different, very down to earth and very aware of other people and um, just sensitive, compassionate, mm-hmm. empathetic. So those are all qualities that I, that I, you know, I feel like he taught yeah. me that came from his mm-hmm. experience with the drowning accident yeah. in Fort Bragg in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so now as an adult, what kinds of things do you do for self-care and, and nurturing yourself, especially as a parent? Mm-hmm. Um, now that you're an adult. Well, I do you have time lot. for that sort you of know, thing? I write a lot. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I do because I have to write in order to handle things. So I'll be writing, you know, um, when I stop at the grocery store after I've driven from Walton to Venita and I have an idea, you know, I'm writing down a paragraph at the grocery store before I go inside, right? Like you make the time to write. That's uh-huh. what I do. It's yes. what I, has always anchored me journals from mm-hmm. adolescence, you know, where I didn't know that so much of my curiosity and sort of grief and stuff was wrapped up at all in my dad's traumatic brain injury. But through the years, I distilled it to uh-huh. be that that was a challenging thing for us and for me to go through. Um, but I still, mm-hmm. um, you know, use it as a tool. And then when it comes to my dad, we have a really close relationship. He visits me a couple times a year, at least. Um, he farm sits for us. We live on a farm. And sometimes things are challenging between us, even because he does operate a little bit differently. He doesn't want to focus on the here and now or talk about um, things that are practical. He's a very dreamy kind of, um, I don't know, um, not always the most logical, practical person. So there are some challenges between my dad and I sometimes. And so what, and, and, and then there are with me and, and, you know, naturally like different people in life, right. you know, sometimes I need space from my dad, like an adequate amount of like, if I feel like I need to take some space in order to be the best person that I can be, I'll take that space. Right. Mm-hmm. So walks. Mm-hmm. Right baths you know take whatever space i need to be a respectful person to those around me that's part of my self-care some people are going to need a little less space oh i love some people are going to need a little more space but um, when it comes to parenting when it comes to being a daughter which some of my being a daughter has felt like being a parent i'm not going to lie about that um Mm -hmm. you know it has that's Mm -hmm. That's just a re- been a kind of a reality for me. So I just, you know, right. I always want to be a respectful, loving to those around me. And so I am honest with myself and with others. If I need a little bit of space or if I need to um, do something differently, you know, I try not, I try to take the signals before it turns into something that I would regret to do or say. You know, so yeah. right, right, right. That makes sense. Oh, I like that. So, um, it sounds like your your family is quite a support system for you. Your dad and and your husband and daughter, of course. Yeah. Uh, do you have do you have yeah. other 
other people that you call to call on for a support system? I do. Um, my 85-year-old grandmother has been a big part of my life. And that's not my dad's mom. It's my mom's mom. And she filled in mm-hmm. in the absence of my mom. Um, and she lives in Arizona. I visit her often as I can. And we're in the process of her moving out to Oregon. Um, oh, cool. So she's my other person. And she's like very different than my dad. But I was raised by both of them, kind mm-hmm. of. So she's very aware gotcha. of um, the between my dad and I and she's very supportive of my memoir writing and she's just my real support system um, emotionally mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. oh excellent do you have um we talked about it a little bit before we started uh, our interview today you have animals in your life and pets you, you live in a farm so do you have a lot of animals or do you just have the regular cats and dogs oh yeah oh no we've got just right now i'm looking at the sunglass store i have my border collie he's looking at me he wants to come back in but i thought he'd be a little too noisy for the interview so he's staying outside um so we have one border collie two cats about 13 sheep right now 100 ducks and maybe 250 chickens Holy cow. Do you guys have, yeah. you farm commercially, right? You're, I know that I've yeah. seen you at the Saturday market yeah. locally. You, do you guys have a website right. for your farm? Yeah. Do you guys do farm shares? How does that work? We do. Yep. So we own Fog Hollow Farm. We've been in business. This is our fourth season and we're a poultry farm. And this is a side gig, if you will. My partner works full time right. at Wintergreen. Right vegetable farm and he's just a go 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 ambitious entrepreneur and so when we purchased Mm -hmm. our land out in walton four years ago we started our business and we decided to go with the poultry and the meat because just kind of how saturated the vegetable market is as far as local organic food and so um Uh yeah we have our our poultry farm that always keeps us busy let me tell you um and (laughs) yeah we do have a Mm-hmm. It's yep. If you just were to Google Fog Hollow Farm, I actually developed our website on our WordPress on WordPress, right? Because I've had my blog for my writing on WordPress for so long that I knew just what to do. So oh, foghollowfarm.wordpress.com. Is- yeah. Oh, that is a perfect segue because my next question was about how our listeners could follow you mm-hmm. on social media if they wanted to keep up with you. So foghollow sure, farm. Thank you. At WordPress.com. Yep.wordpress.com. And, and then my blog, which I have had segments of my memoir published there throughout about 12 years now, or 10 or 12 years. And that's Tara Van Dusen.wordpress.com. And that's T E R A H V A N D U S E N.wordpress.com. And then I'm also on Facebook. And then Instagram is more where I share my creative side, you know, um, with links to my blog and, and mentions of essays or poetry that I'm sharing. Perfect. 
Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I I hope that we can interview you again um, after the conference and we'll see what happens next with your writing. And um, I'm sure that our listeners will, will love to, to hear what's happening next for you. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. This has been Great. so fun and so new to me. Thank you for, for um, making my podcast dreams come a reality. Um, and I appreciate you and what you're doing. Thank you, Jen. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. That was great for me and a lot of other new bloggers. It's really easy too. There's creation tools that allow you to record and you can edit your podcast right from your phone if you're really good. (laughs) Actually, it's pretty easy. Or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership. It's really everything you need to make a podcast in one place. One-stop shopping. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sometimes we have to start over. Sometimes we have to fight back. Sometimes it's all too much Lost inside the black Not right.